Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Welcome to our Pleasant Hill Lifeline Bible Study. Welcome to another night that we can worship and share what God is doing and share what from God's Word, and I thank you for taking the time to tune in tonight. Uh, we're going to open up our Bibles, as I said, despite this being Passion Week, we're going to open up our Bibles to the book of Ruth, and I'm going to give you part two, part two of three mistakes to avoid or mistakes to avoid while dealing with hardship, and there's three mistakes that we see in this first chapter in the book of Ruth. And so we're going to read in the section of Scripture in just a moment, and then we'll pray. But I just want to go ahead and mention to you again, for any that are watching, our Easter service will be Sunday, the live stream, and, our, and in person at 1045. Uh, and I, we invite you, if you don't have a church home, if you're watching tonight, if you're watching some other time and you don't have a church home or you're not able to make it to your church home and you're in this area, we would love for you to come in person. And if you don't have a church home or not able to get out, don't have a church that you watch perhaps on uh, live stream or on TV, we invite you to uh, join us right here on phbc.live, or I'm, I'm sorry, phbc.online. You can also find us on Facebook, and there'll be a link there that you can click on. You can find us on Instagram uh, stories. There'll be a link for you to click on. But it's phbc.online, and then you can click right there on live stream, and you can watch. We also do have audio version. Uh, many of your streaming audio channels you can find. Uh, give me a few hours, or give us a few hours after the service, and those are usually posted. If not the next day, it'll be posted where you can go and you can listen in your car, on your cell phone, uh, through your smart devices in your home, whatever you, while you're walking, while you're running, whatever it is you may be doing, you are able to listen to what we have shared. Uh, and so we invite you to do that. We also have Sunday School 945 every Sunday in person. Uh, we also have, of course, our Wednesday night live stream takes place at 6 o'clock, as will be... Uh, not next week. Next week we'll not have Wednesday night live stream or our youth hangouts. Uh, but the week following, we still will have live stream, but we will be in person. So we invite you to come in person Wednesday night at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, we invite you. We'll be done by 6.45 or so. Uh, and so you come and join us in person at 6.45 and get a blessing from that. Be a blessing to us. We hope to be a blessing to you starting back our in-person Wednesday night, and we will offer our live stream as well at 6 o'clock. Uh, and then, of course, as always, our, our, our Wednesday night youth hangouts at 7 o'clock down in the Fellowship Hall for our student-age young people. Tonight, we're having our Easter celebration and our Easter egg hunt, our Easter story down there in the Fellowship Hall and uh, we hope that you can make it for that. We've got hundreds of eggs that are hidden and scattered throughout the church property and looking forward to a fun time with the children tonight. Again, no Wednesday night live stream next week. No Wednesday night youth hangouts next week. 
Uh, that'll be spring break for most of us, and uh, so we'll take a little break and then come back the week following. That being said, turn, if you would, in your Bible to the book of Ruth. Turn in your Bible to the book of Ruth. This is part of my chronological reading, uh, and I believe it is part, if you're following along with us in the church schedule, it is part of your schedule as well this week. And it's just delightful to see what God has in store for us and what God has to show us in His Word. And that's how we got here, and that's why we are here. And so let's go ahead and read in Ruth chapter 1. Now, I'm going to read verse 1 all the way down to verse 18. But I'm going to focus on verse 6 through verse 18. We looked at verses 1 through 5 last week. We're going to look at verse 6 through 18 this week. But let's go ahead and just read the whole thing so that you can get caught up. Verse 1 of Ruth chapter 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. Now that's, again, as you're reading in the book of Judges, this is taking place the same time. That there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the name of his two sons Malon and Chilion, Aphrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was uh, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died, also both of them. And the women was left of her two sons and her husband. So we talked last week about this beautiful picture of the book of Ruth, a picture of love and grace and a picture of salvation and redemption. But here we are, the story beginning with such a circumstance, a terrible circumstance of a famine in the land and a terrible choice that had to be made or that was made and how Elimelech made the wrong choice. And we talked about the fact that when we have choices to make. When we have a direction to turn, first turn to the Lord. And Elimelech did not do that. And we saw the first mistake he made was he tried to run from his problems. So we cannot run from our problems. We must face them. We cannot run from our problems, but Elimelech did. And we are to walk by faith, and Elimelech walked by sight and not by faith. And the trouble with walking by sight was he saw the famine. That's what his eyes were on. He saw the need. He saw the desperate need to feed his family, to care for his family. Things that you would say, hey, that's honorable. Hey, that's a good decision to make. But no, he didn't turn to God. And he left the land of promise and went to the land of paganism and false gods and idols and wickedness where they worship false gods and sacrifice children to their gods, went there for provision. Because he, he, did, he walked by sight and not by faith. He took his eyes off the Lord. He took his eyes off of God's plan, and he put his eyes on the problem, the famine. And he saw the need. He took his eyes off the supplier, and he leaned to his own understanding and did not turn to the Lord. And he said, well, how do we walk by faith? Because things are tough. Things can get hard. Choices can be difficult. And we don't always know. So what do we do? We walk by faith, by claiming the promises of God. 
claiming the promises of God and by making decisions to obey the God of promises. That's how we walk by faith. And not only did he not walk by faith, but he walked by sight, but he also majored on the physical and not the spiritual, we said. And we ought to major on the spiritual, minor in the physical, because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you need will be added unto you. But Elimelech's emphasis was on his physical needs. But the Bible tells us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we are to seek first the kingdom of God. He said, well, did Elimelech know all that? No, that hadn't been written yet. But he did not make the decision. Sometimes we may not know those things, but we should, we can, we have God's word, but we still know the first thing to do is turn to God before you turn a direction. And so therefore he turned, uh, he, he uh, majored in the physical and did not seek the spiritual, but he turned away from the spiritual and he honored the enemy and not the Lord, turning from the instrument of provision he turned to the enemy of destruction, and that's exactly what he found, death and destruction. The thing he sought to avoid is the thing he found, his own death and the death of his two sons. Yes, his wife lived, but he found destruction. So let's look at the rest of this, and we're going to look at mistake number two. That was mistake number one. We can't run from our problems. Mistake number two is trying to hide our mistakes. So we can't run from the problems. We also cannot hide from the mistakes we make when dealing with our problems. So let's look in verse 6. Then she arose, that's Naomi, with her daughters-in-law, and she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. You say, well, all that's good so far. Well, just wait. We'll come back to that. And Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that she may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return unto thee and unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, and that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say, I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them for having husband, from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice, and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave to her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return thee from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death but part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, 
Then she left speaking unto her, trying to convince her to go back. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look again into the book of Ruth and as we look at this picture of redemption, as we look at this picture of grace and mercy and love, but also tonight as we look at this second mistake. The second mistake that we are to avoid, or we, that we, we see in this lesson that we can avoid, uh, when we are dealing with hardship. Help us, Lord, I pray, to always turn to you, to always obey you, even when things are rough, even when things are tough, even when things are difficult, when things are against us, and we will find peace and hope and strength and a promise in you. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So mistake number two, trying to hide your mistakes. Number one, and don't try to hide your mistakes as Naomi was going to do, but acknowledge and repent of the mistake you had made. Elimelech and Naomi, I put them two together. Yes, he was the head of the home. Yes, he was the man. Yes, they would have followed that plan. But even in that, man and wife, even in those days, still worked together. It wasn't a dictatorship in the land of Israel. Uh, it was not like in some of the other lands. This still was a partnership as God intended it to be. But Elimelech and Naomi made a wrong choice. They made a mistake and now there were consequences, and now there was greater hardship, and now we're going to see that Naomi is going to try to sweep it under the rug or hide the mistake. But we, when we make mistakes, when we sin, and we will, and we do, not because we have to, if you're saved, you don't have to, but because we still have a sin nature, we're not perfect yet, God hasn't made us that way, and won't until we get to heaven, but when we're in this earth, we will make mistakes. We will sin. We must not try to hide it, but we must acknowledge and repent of our mistakes. You see, what we must do is put ourselves back in the position of blessing. We wonder sometimes why we miss out on the blessing of God. Naomi missed out on the blessing of God. She heard that Bethlehem, once again, God was meeting their need and they were being blessed. But Naomi was missing out on it because Naomi wasn't there. And sometimes, or many times, when we're missing out on a blessing, we're missing out on God working in our lives because we're not in a place of blessability. We have got to repent and acknowledge our mistakes. We cannot run from them. We cannot hide them. The truth will be known. Our sins will find us out. We might as well go ahead and acknowledge and repent because repentance is key, but we've got to put ourselves back in a place of blessing. Naomi heard that Bethlehem was being blessed. She heard of the blessing of God. She must have wondered why she was missing out on the blessing of God, but she was. And it's a shame that we often hear of others being blessed, and sometimes we're jealous, but we're not being blessed ourselves. We don't experience the blessing because we haven't gotten to the place where we can be blessed. We've wandered off from God, and God will not shower blessings on us when we are away from Him. Now, God does sometimes bless and use good things to get our attention even when we're away from him. God brings showers of blessings even on the wicked to show his goodness to them. But 
If you want to get soaked by God's blessings, you've got to be in a place where the shower is going to fall. And that is in the place that God has for you. Naomi wasn't there. You say, well, she hasn't hidden or she hasn't tried to hide it yet. We're going to see where she does. But the first thing is we've got to repent. We've got to acknowledge Naomi was in the wrong place. And there's times that you and I are in the wrong place. We get away from God. We, we don't turn to Him and ask Him for His wisdom. And we make a wrong turn and we find ourselves lost on the road of barrenness and loneliness and difficulty away from God We've got to return. We've got to repent. We see this example in the Bible. Abraham, remember we talked about how Abraham didn't consult God but went to the land of Egypt, but we, he had to go back. If we look in Genesis 13, 1 through 4, write that down. We're not going to go there now. Uh, Abraham went back to the altar that he had abandoned so that God could bless him again. Jacob when he had gotten away from God and ended up in a place where he ought not to have been, uh, he had to return and go back to Bethel, Genesis 35, 1. Over and over and over again, we see in the Old Testament prophets that there was a plea for the people of Israel to return from their sin or to turn from their sins and return to the Lord. If you want to be blessed, we can't stay on the path of straying. We have to get back under the wing of His blessing, the wing of His protection, the wing of His guidance, the hand of His blessing, if you will. And that's where we will find the showers of blessing. And so therefore, we cannot hide it, but we must return so we can be blessed again. And not only that, but I want you to see that Naomi made the right choice by going back to Israel. That was the right choice. Should have made it long ago. Never should have left. But the point was, so now she's going back. You say, well, isn't that wonderful? Yes, but she still has the wrong motive. And we need to learn to make the right decision with the right motive. Naomi made the right decision, had the wrong motive. Again, sweeping the consequences under the rug. Notice that she was still, her focus was still on the physical. That's why I say it was the wrong motive, because she didn't go back and say, you know what, I've strayed from God. There was no repentance yet. There was no turning back to God in, in acknowledgement of her sin. It was, I'm going to try to hide this. That's why, she, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that's why she tries to get her daughters-in-law to stay where they were and not go back with her. We'll come back to that in a minute. But look at what she's saying here. She hears that there is, that, uh, look in verse 6, and she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited the people in giving them bread. So she was still concerned with the food. You say, well, that's perfectly logical. Right, but as we said last time, and you might even say, well, that's perfectly honor, uh, honorable that she would want to go back and provide. Yeah, yes, but then she discouraged her daughter's-in-law from following her. She thought only of herself, and her focus still was on the bread, the physical, not the spiritual. She hadn't yet learned the lesson. There was no true repentance. There was no really searching for the presence of God. There was no repentance in what she, from what she had done. What she was doing was still focusing on her physical needs. Physical needs. 
She made the right choice, but the wrong motive to get to where the physical needs can be met, to get to where the bread was, to get to where the blessing was at. No, we don't need to run to where the blessing is. And don't misunderstand what I was saying earlier. Yes, we want to be blessed, but we want the presence of God. That's the blessing. The will of God, that's the blessing. And you will find showers of blessing fall. That doesn't mean it's always easy. That doesn't mean it's always going to be uh, rainbows and unicorns and peaches and cream. That doesn't always going to mean that it's going to be strawberry fields and whatever else you want to think of as, as far as sunshine and beaches and all this kind of thing in the will of God, but that's where the blessings will come. The presence of God is the major blessing. Don't ever miss that. That the major blessing, the greatest blessing you can ever experience is the closeness, the presence of God in your life. So she made the wrong, the right choice, the wrong motive, but she also she made the right choice by the wrong attitude. And this is where we start to see her sweeping the problem under the rug. She did not want her two daughters to go with her. In fact, three times she tells them not to come back. We see where she says, hey, don't follow me. Uh, return, verse 8. Uh, when she goes return to the land of Judah, they start to go with her, and she stops, and she says, return each of you to your mother's house. They say, no, we're going to stay with you. Naomi said again, turn again, my daughters. Why are you going to go with me? I've got nothing more to offer you. And again, they lift up their voice and they wept. And then Orpah kisses her and goes back. But Ruth clings on to her. And she says one more time, go back. Your sister-in-law is gone back. You need to go back. Here's the thing. This is why she's sweeping under the rug. This is why she's trying to hide from her mistake. If she goes back to Israel and goes back with two daughters-in-law that are Moabites, then everybody's going to know, number one, the shame, the fact that she left Israel to go to the land of Moab, but also the fact that she allowed her two sons, her and her husband, to marry women that were outside the covenant. The covenant was don't give your sons and don't give your daughters to these people of Canaan, that was a Moabite, the people around Canaan, because they will turn your hearts to worship false gods. That was the reason. Had nothing to do with the nationality, had nothing to do with the skin color. It had to do with the fact that they're going to turn your hearts away from the Lord, and to worship false gods. And we see here that that's, we don't say they were worshiping false gods, although she says, go back to your gods. So obviously it was not God, and they weren't searching for, she wasn't going searching for God, she wasn't saying, hey, follow me to where God is. By the way, that's what Moses did with his father-in-law, said, come with us. God is going to bless us. God is going to bless Israel. Come with us. That's what we ought to be saying. Hey, come on. Come see. Join us in the presence of God. But instead she's saying three times, no, go back. Don't come because it would have looked badly on her to go back with pagan Moabite daughters-in-law. And not only would it be known that everybody would have known that she had gone from the presence of God to Moab, but also that they had allowed their sons to break the covenant or the agreement, uh, go against God's law 
in marrying Moabite daughters. So she goes with the right choice, but the wrong attitude. Why would anyone want to leave the loved, the, their loved ones? Surely she loved her daughters, they loved her. Why would they want to leave? Because she was trying to hide the mistake that she had made. Why would she want them to worship false gods when it says return back, and, and uh, go back again to your gods? And why would she say that other than the fact that she was trying to hide the mistake that she had made? And many times when we make one mistake, we'll make another because we're trying to cover it. Just like the thing when I was told when I was a kid, and it's true. One lie turns into another lie, turns into another lie. Listen, my friend, one sin turns to another sin, turns to another sin if you don't repent of it. It's like a cancer. It spreads. We talked about in the past, we've talked about uh, 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 leprosy and how leprosy was deeper than the skin, and it would spread throughout the body. Sin doesn't say, stay just with one sin. If unrepented, it spreads. I've watched time and time again in my own life and in others that no matter how badly I may say I want to pursue God and even trying to pursue God, and then I make a mistake, something I knew what was not right or something I just slipped into, it's a whole lot easier to say, man, well, I've blown it. This, uh, this, this next blowing, it's not going to be as bad of blowing it. And so therefore, it's one thing right after another. And here she was trying to sweep it under the rug, trying to hide. And she was saying, listen, don't stay with me. Go back to your own gods. Why, you know, what, go back to, uh, uh, if it was right for Naomi to go back to the God of the, of the Bible, to go back to the God of Israel, it would have been right for her daughters-in-law as well. And again, why would she want them to worship false gods? But she ought to say, come on with me. But instead, because she was trying to hide the sin, the mistake, the evidence of her daughters-in-law, she said, go back. Go back. She was trying to cover up and avoid the sin of her disobedience. And in doing so, watch this now. The wrong attitude, I say, because now, not only has she hiding the sin or hiding the mistake, not only is she pushing the ones that she loves away, not only is she pushing them to back to false gods, keeping them from the true God, but now she's going to put God in a bad light. Look here if you would, and, I, and I'm almost out of time. But for I am too old. Turn again, my daughters. Will you yet go with me? Are there any more sons in my womb that you may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. I'm too old to have a husband if I should. Say, if I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight, would he also bear sons? Would you tarry uh, for them till they were grown? But look here what she says. Uh, it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. She didn't say, hey, I deserve this. Hey, I, I, I've done wrong. She didn't say, hey, I've really blown it. She's trying to hide the mistake, and she said it's God that's really just out to get us. It's God that's out to get us. And isn't that the way it feels when you're in sin? Isn't that the way it feels when you've made a mistake and you've messed up and God's bringing chastisement or chastening against you? He's giving you a little spanking trying to get your attention to come back, but it just feels like, well, man, now God's against me. No, that's the devil telling you that God's against you. But here she was giving a devilish testimony about God. God is against her. And she presents God in a negative way. The one 
testimony of a person of God's children that they had, even though she was making mistakes and been in a land that she shouldn't have been in and now trying to sweep it under the rug, the one person who knew God was giving them a bad taste of God. Oh, Christian, be careful that we're not giving other Christians or lost people a bitter taste of God. A bitter taste of God. A sour taste. A poor taste. A, listen, we point the finger at God and say, well, if God was this or if God was that, be careful that we do not do that because we are pushing people away from God just as Naomi was pushing away her daughters-in-law. Notice the not only did she have the wrong attitude, but notice the impact that trying to cover her sin caused. She presented God in a negative way. We've already covered that. She actively discouraged others from following her to God. We really already covered that. We told them not to come, discouraged them from coming. She even prayed that God would give them blessing and peace. Listen, I don't know what good it does. In fact, I do know what good it doesn't do. For a person who is away from God, a person who is not repented of their sin. Now, again, to my Christian now. A Christian who knowingly is in sin and has not confessed it, has not repented, is not in a right relationship, God doesn't hear their prayers. So what good it did for her to pray to God that, that they would have peace or that God would show kindness to them, God wouldn't have heard that prayer. But isn't it amazing how sometimes even in our sin we can get religious and we say, hey, man, God go with you. God bless you. You're trying to push them away from God and saying, well, God bless you. God can't bless them. The only way God can bless them is by drawing them to him, and he wants to use you and me to draw people to him. We can't be pushing them away by our actions, our testimony, our attitude, our intentions being wrong, and that's exactly what Naomi was doing. Not only did she reason with them, give them reasons not to come to God, but also encourage them to go back to their false gods. And look at the reaction it had, or the impact it had. Two different directions here, very quickly. Orpah left. Orpah says she's not going to leave, but then she's asked again or told again to go back, and she gives up. Orpah was this far away, perhaps, of becoming what you and I would call a Christian, a believer, believing in the true God. Because if she had come to the land of the true and living God, she would have had stepping stones to him, and instead she's thrust away, and we never hear anything about Orpah again. She weeps, she kisses Naomi, and she returns. And her hope now is in the godless. Ruth, very quickly, refused to leave Naomi, refused to leave her, refused to follow her sister-in-law because she had come to trust in the God of Israel. Now, this is a wonderful example, not of a testimony of Naomi, but how people who don't have godly parents godly friends, godly in-laws, how the grace, sovereign grace of God can still work to draw people to him. 
Ruth had no example. In fact, she had a bad example. In fact, she had a bad experience. Look, look at these things. Ruth, instead of blaming God, came to trust in God. Ruth was not ashamed to confess her faith. In fact, verse 16 and verse 17 is some of the greatest testimony or words of faith that you'll find in all the Bible. Entreat me not to leave thee, nor return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. When thou diest, uh, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord, that's the personal name for God, Yahweh, do so to me, and more also, if aught, but death but part thee and me. She was putting her faith in Naomi's God, even though Naomi had given her a bad taste and a bad example. Isn't it wonderful that despite our mistakes, despite the mistakes of Christians, despite the poor testimony of Christians, despite the poor job of Christians to spread the gospel, that God still can win people and win the lost and draw people to Him. It's a picture of sovereign grace. It's a wonderful example of someone who did not have a godly example, but found God regardless look at the obstacles to her overcome to her coming to faith her background was against her she was a gentile she was a pagan she worshiped false gods she was a moabite who were not allowed to come into the congregation of israel she she her witness was against her and naomi telling her to go back i have nothing more to offer you yet she makes a great statement of faith there are people in this world who have no parents to raise them towards the Lord. There have, uh, there have no parents, no grandparents, no Christian school, no church teaching them. And yet somehow God finds them. God sends them a witness. God draws them and they do come and praise God that God can do that. Oh, he wants to use you and me. Oh, he would want to have used Naomi. And later in the book, he does in some ways use Naomi as a, as a, in words of wisdom, but still in this place. Oh, how he would have wanted to use Naomi. How he wants to use you and me. But we must not sweep things under the rug. We must repent and return when we make a mistake. And we must not set a sour taste in unbeliever or young Christians or other Christians' mouths for the things of God. God had great plans for Ruth, regardless of her circumstances and regardless of the poor testimony of those around her, regardless of those who were trying to sweep their mistake and hide it. Sweep it under the rug and hide it. God had great plans for Ruth. And we're going to look probably farther into Ruth, but I just want you to see this. Ruth had a wonderful purpose. And the, and, and, and the purpose is this. And I just want to say this because maybe you were one of those people who didn't have a great example. Maybe you were one of those people who didn't have godly parents or grandparents. Maybe you're one of those people who didn't have godly examples before you or a Christian school upbringing or a church that you grew up in or a godly granny or grandpa. Maybe you didn't have a godly neighbor that led you. Maybe you didn't have godly friends, but God found you anyway and God can still use you and God wants to use you once you come to Him. And I pray that you will if you have not already come to God and I pray that God will use you. Ruth was used greatly. There are five women 
mentioned in the genealogy or the lineage of Christ. When you come to Matthew, we find five women that are mentioned, four of which are poor examples or you never would have guessed that they would have been in the line of Christ or even mentioned in the line of Christ. Number one, Tamar. Tamar committed incest with her father-in-law, but is still mentioned in the line of Christ. Rahab, we've talked about in the past, but Rahab was a Gentile prostitute in Jericho. Uriah's wife is mentioned. That's Bathsheba. And if you remember, that's the one that had committed adultery with David. And she's mentioned in the line of Christ. She was an adulteress. And then there is Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was the one that was pure and favored of God. But then we find the, the last one, or really it was the third in the line, but Ruth, an outcast, Gentile, Moabite woman. But God used her in a picture of love and a picture of redemption with Boaz as we see in the book of Ruth. Oh, what a wonderful picture. What a wonderful love God has. What a wonderful example Ruth becomes. And we ought to be like Ruth. But don't be like Naomi. Not in this, not in chapter one. Don't make the mistake of running away from your problem, but consult God before you turn, turn to Him. Number two, don't sweep it under the rug. Don't Once you've made a mistake, don't hide it, but repent and return to the place of blessing. Next week, Lord willing, we'll see the third mistake, and we'll talk about that next time. Until then, my friends, I love you. More importantly, God loves you. Keep your eyes on Him. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd be with us tonight. I pray that you would guide us tonight. Help us, I pray, to always turn to you before we turn a direction. And remember that when we do make a mistake, not to hide it under the rug, not to sweep it away, not to try to hide our mistakes, but to acknowledge and repent and return to a place where you can bless us. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.